Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into Mogul Talk, a podcast that serves as a canvas for entrepreneurs to share their triumphs and struggles on their journey to becoming the moguls of tomorrow. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, King Jules, and you're back for another episode of Mogul, Mogul, Mogul. Don't hurt him, son. (laughs) Yo, I go by the name of Church. You already know the vibes. I got my main man, King Jules, right here. And thank you for joining us for another season. I didn't even know he was going to make it this far. But with God's will, we were able to make it this far. Um, Some people didn't make it out. RIP to the the victims of Corona, because that is some real, real, real ish. We all feeling it in the entire world. COVID fatigue is real. Um, But that's why we got to, you know, keep our spirits up. And just try to take it day by day, you know. And one day there's going to be, since there are, since there is this down right now, there has to be an up. You know, life is all about balance. No, it it truly is. And, you know, I want to say it is your boy King Jules live in the flesh. Oh, man, it feels so good. Episode 401, we're back. You know, like Kev said, you know, I don't, I didn't think we would make it. I think we, we threw in a towel, you know, last year. I don't even think we finished up. Uh, but we back. I feel like we, we got some, some ish. You know, I, I'm still proud of our, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Brown to Perfection uh, interview. Yeah, I think that uh, was the best episode of last season. And just her, her, uh, her accolades and her hustle, you could really see it. And whatever experience she has gone through, setting up shows, marketing shows, it was already embroiled in her. And she's so such a professional. It was just. Just, a, just such an impressive person to, to be in front of. Yeah, I think, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, we are talking about uh, our, our good Junae friend, Brown. Our family, Junae Brown, um, the founder and CEO of Brown to Perfection Agency. And I think that's that was the peak of our season last year. Um, that was just before COVID. You know, I was listening to the episodes from season three uh, last week, and then I looked back and I was like, wow, like, Yo, this is right before everything went downhill. And, you know, I'm glad that that was the episode that we ended off with. And then, you know, we tried our best to pick up the season in the midst of the pandemic and shifting into Zoom in a different landscape. And, you know, now we've kind of figured things out. So this is a perfect setup. And, um, you know, I want to say, you know, welcome to the new season. Uh, there's a lot to expect from us, a lot of changes, a lot of growth, you know, uh, we're at, me and Kev are, are, we're old heads now, you know, we're not the young guns anymore. (laughs) So it's time for us to step up. Absolutely. (laughs) No, I'm definitely, I'm turning 27 in literally like two weeks and it's, I can't believe it. Just so so much closer to 30 and I still feel like a, a little baby, like a child. Now, of course I got a car payment. And I got credit cards and I have my own place, but it, uh, it's, the time has just passed. It feels like just yesterday I was in college or just yesterday I met you when we were then youngins, um, rolling around the street. And now we just out here just trying to make it by, you know, uh, I actually, you know, speaking of new beginnings, uh, I actually just moved out to, out of New York city. You know, I spread my wings and went to California. That's why now we actually, thanks to technology, we have to film and record the show like on Riverside or whatever application we're using, but it's a completely different world, man. Completely different world, California. So many homeless people, like everywhere, <laughs> as far as the eye can see. A lot of people live in their cars. Why, why is that funny? Like, I, it's not funny. 
It's not funny <laughs> at all, man. It's it's actually depressing. It's a governmental failure, to be honest. Um, and it makes sense. And I can see how easy it is to become homeless here in California because the rent is like astronomical. Um, the the wage, not the wage, but the cost of living, like food is so much more expensive than it is in New York City. And they don't even have like a bodega where you could get like a bacon, egg and cheese for 350, you know, here, like if you get a bacon and cheese on a bagel, it's going to cost you seven ninety five at like some bougie deli, seven, you know, Pro- yeah, like seven ninety five. There is this one spot called Yum Yum Donuts that sells breakfast sandwiches. Another thing about California is they love donuts. There's donut stores everywhere. Like Bodegas is a donut store, and but they sell mostly donuts and they sell some breakfast sandwiches. But it'll be like four ninety five or like five ninety five, um, and plus tax, it ends up being more. And then if you just go to like, uh, I feel like even Popeyes is more expensive. Like they don't got a five dollar box here. Yo. Like, I mean, I'm a, not going to front. I realized the other day, you know, I, I popped into a Popeye's to get me a two-piece and a biscuit. And I was like, yo, fire, Popeye's fire. is hella expensive, you know, in 2020. It is expensive. It's low-key kind of expensive. <laughs> um, Not to say that, you know, I'm broke or nothing and I can't afford Popeye's, but I'm just saying, you know, two pieces and a biscuit should not cost $10. Two pieces of chicken. Well, that's really, a lot. If you went to the supermarket and got a pack of chicken for two pieces, I think you'll be spending two ninety five for the raw chicken. And then you just got to season it and cook it up. And season it and cook it up, you know. Um, you know, it's and crazy. And, you know, my boy Jules uh, can give you that chicken recipe. Just hit him up. Yo, just hit me uh, up. hook uh, you up. King Jules on YouTube. This is a plug. This is a plug. <laughs> uh, no, but I think that's really crazy, you know. Uh when I when you told me about the move to LA, I was like, nah, you're you're capping, you know. And then to hear that like the timeline moved from all right, it's a thought, and then I'm moving to LA in a matter of like a couple of weeks or so, or whatever. Um, it took a while for me to sink in and say like, yo, Kev is really moving across country. I don't think the this is the furthest away we've been from each other since we got back from college and. Then at least yeah. in college, it was like, what, three, four, five times a year I saw you, you know? Um, but I... To and be- it's, I'm even farther away. Like, I was in Wisconsin, um, and that's pretty much closer than you were. And now I'm just literally on the other coast. I went from coast to coast. Um, but it's such a different world. Like, first of all, like, the marijuana is legal, which is a big thing. It still blows my mind every single day that that is a thing. The culture of it is completely different, even though in New York, it's pretty much decriminalized and it also uh, people don't take it as seriously as before. But here it's just like ingrained in the culture. And, you, you know, it's also ingrained in the culture like crazy. You see everywhere Nipsey Hustle, like everybody here loves Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle. It shows everyone has the Nipsey look with the braids. Um, everyone is trying to bag themselves a law in London. Uh, and it's but it. It just shows how much influence like Nipsey Hussle has. And yeah, I kind of felt it in, in New York a little bit, you know, just because he was coming up. But in California, the love, the murals that are around here, same thing with Kobe. Like, I bet Kobe, the city was devastated when that shit happened. And we're about to reach the, the one year anniversary, which started Corona. Um, and it's, I don't even know what I was trying to say, but LA is just a completely different Mad people, again, like, I work with people. So, I move it, continuing with the how expensive it is to live here. I actually had to get another job to be able to afford to like one rent my car payment insurance and then just trying to turn up. Luckily, 
things are closed, you know, well, not luckily for the business, but luckily for me, I don't have to go out um, to a bar or like do anything because everything is closed and that allows me to save money with that. But now that I have a second job, um, I'm able to like actually save money, but it kind of is bad look on America and like the city that one person has to work two jobs in order to be able to afford uh, to live okay. Like, and I'm still not Jeff Bezos and I got to fucking work two jobs, but that's what, why even some people at my job who only have one occupation can't even have a crib and they live in their car and still work at my job, but they live in the car. So, which is wild. It's just wild. You know, it, you know, they said that in New York, and I thought took that as a joke, like in New York, that you have to have two jobs and a side hustle to afford New York. And I think realistically mm -hmm. speaking, the cost of living in New York didn't hit us as hard because this is all we've ever known. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we go in the, the ox store and they may be charging $20 for uh, some duchess to the next man, but you can get them for two because you've been there. You know what I mean? We know the culture. We know the streets. We know the places to go to. So when I hear, you know, friends and colleagues that, you know, either recently moved to New York or came from other places or gentrified and they're like, oh, New York is so expensive. I'm just like, this is regular degular. You know what I mean? You know, I can't yeah. say that the real estate is definitely crazy expensive in New York, but because of COVID it's actually brought the value of real estate down. So it is a little bit more affordable than it was in years past. Um, but to really think about it, like what really was the driving force or the thought that went in the back of your mind when you were like LA? So I definitely really just wanted to try something new. I did always want, to move to LA, but then remember, you always see like those memes or be like, oh, people think they move to LA and then I'm automatically become a rapper or like automatically is put on as soon as you move, like, move to LA so I can be put on. And I know you used to always say, you don't got to move to LA. We can stay here in NY, like NY is popping as well. But I, uh, this was the perfect opportunity because I was still working from home. And so I didn't have to go into a brick and mortar office. Um, I wasn't going anytime soon. The pandemic has caused remote work to be a thing. So I was like, you know what? I'll just continue my job in New York and which I still do have. I just work from home. I just have to get up three hours earlier because my shift is from 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but in here it's at 6 a.m. So then I'm done at 2.30, which allows me to have another occupation, of course but that it's also the weather i wanted to escape the winter even though new york is not so bad but i wanted to be by that beach and the beach is just beautiful um the rays are just beautiful the walking on the beach is beautiful one thing that i also enjoy here is like hiking the mountains are incredible and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trails that really just take you anywhere there's one trail that takes you to behind the hollywood sign and you just feel like a king there's another trail called the Ryan, well not Ryan, it's called um, Murphy Trail, which is a trail for, that goes to an abandoned German Nazi, not encampment, but future base. So like in the 30s, when we had World War II, they made, the Germans had these this couple who, if they would have won the war, they would have had that as a base. But then the America, the Americans like arrested them after they won the war and now it's an abandoned uh, mansion, but it's now it's a hiking trail. And when you go there, there's like graffiti all over and it's just a dope flick spot. 
And so there's a lot of gems um, like that. There's another one called Crash Boat Hike that you walk on rocks for like three miles and then you end up to an, a, where a ship crashed and there's like an abandoned tank that's hella rusty. So I, I really, really love that. Like the scenery is, is beautiful. Um, and then hopefully just try to get skinny. That's one of my goals. You know, I'm just trying to get skinny out here, trying to, you know, get that six pack so I can get all the shoddies hopefully one day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I think it's hilarious. That that's a good energy. Uh, I think that LA definitely looks good on you. Um, I think for me as your friend, you know, you 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 like having that comfort zone of knowing that somebody's there, right? You know, that, sure. whether you're on the other side of the world or you're five minutes away. And but the biggest thing and that I enjoyed was seeing you completely come out of your comfort zone. Um, I think that had this been a year ago, you would have probably thought like, uh, I don't know, but the circumstances, the, uh, the drive behind it was different. And I think that this has been a good move for you. And, you know, I hope and pray that new opportunities come of it, you know, because like, you know, we said before, people do say, you know, you go to LA to get put on. And I've, I've spoken to friends who've been in LA and they said, it's just a city where you just meet the right people and situations can happen. Right. Um, but I think for just overall mental health, you know, being in New York city in the midst of the pandemic, it, it is a lot, you know what I mean? And being, uh, cooped up in your home, uh, varying the changes of season, you know, I think being in quarantine or working from home over the summer was like more okay, right? Because we can go to the beaches, we can go out in the streets, we can do much Absolutely. more. Um, but when the winter time comes and, you know, indoor dining shuts down, outdoor dining shuts down, you know, there's not so many places to go. And like the only place you can go is your grocery store or to the barbershop or to, uh, you know, like do laundry or whatever the case may be i think the scope of possibilities is very limited not to say that la is a little bit like more open than we are but it's just a different different change of scenery you know and i i bet yeah mental is much better it is definitely much better it does suck that because we did live in the epicenter for a time in nyc we were the epicenter and i actually now moved to another epicenter because LA is really bad as well. Um, here they hate the governor, they hate the mayor, they feel like they failed him, which I guess I do see because literally one one of every three people have been affected by it here in Los Angeles County, which is insane. And it continues to go up. Luckily I haven't, and I actually had a scare in my job, uh, which they had to shut it down, had to clean everything, everybody had to get a test. And I took a test and luckily ended up negative. Um, Funny story, I was actually scared because I was actually hanging with a girl and we were smoking and I she had to go fly to her parents in Chicago and I was scared and I found out after the fact and I was just scared like, yo, what if I gave it to her? And then I gave it to her parents and like that started that chain reaction. Um, and I would have been, I would have felt mad guilty. Luckily I was negative, but that's fear that people do live in, um, trying to get, it trying to be around. and. Fear. Um, going from, and also like, I thought I was escaping one sort of, but kind of came to another one, but luckily I'm still hanging in there. You know, you just got to stick to your circle, wear your mask, wash your hands. Cause somehow I made it this far and a lot of people have too, but a lot of people didn't. And yeah. that's why, you know, like people be like, Oh, don't worry about it. But it's not zero people who passed away, you know, like a lot, 400,000, 400,000 people today. So yeah, it's uh, you gotta be careful, man. You gotta be careful.
you know, you, you most definitely have to, you know, I think about the badge of honor that we all wear currently from surviving 2020. Um, realistically yeah. speaking, you know, I, I think that fear is very real. Um, and I've heard a lot of people have that fear. Uh, even my dad had that fear when he woke up from his coma. He was just like, hey, like, did I give it to anybody? Did I kill anyone? You know what I mean? And like you have that fear that you're spreading this virus that can possibly kill somebody. And you have no way of control to really understand whether you fully got it right. There are some people who contract the virus and they don't have any symptoms or, you know, it's mild right. or moderate, right? The most is that they lose a sense of smell or taste, or some people have like severe, you know, symptoms. And it's really crazy to see that there's no clear understanding of the virus. And obviously now um, the virus has mutated and that mutated version of the virus has made its way into you the United States. Um, Governor Cuomo has even mentioned recently that it's in New York. It's been seen upstate New York. Um, it's been seen on the northwest coast. Um, and it's probably trickling its way through the rest of the country right now in little Absolutely. ways, you know. But the country, you know, we're pushing a vaccine that doesn't even cover that uh, that particular strain of the virus, right? But I think of just the real understanding of, like, this is a badge of honor every day that you get to wake up as crazy as it seems. It's something to be grateful for because Absolutely. I look at the numbers and how absurd the numbers were, you know, last March and April where it was like on a daily, it felt like hundreds of thousands of people were just dying all over the place. Like the totals in New York city across New York state and across the country. Mm -hmm. And you look at the world globally and it's just like, wow, like, there's so many losses and you, you look at the number and obviously it seems so minuscule um, in the, the t grand scheme of things, right? They say somebody dies every eight minutes or eight seconds. I don't know what the time timeline is, right? Um, but when you see that number and you see that number increasing and then the fear around it and obviously the media hyping it up, it just makes it very mm -hmm. worse, right? Um, but I truth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, truth be told, um, you know, outlook on life is much different because of the experience that we had, you know, uh, I, I bet your outlook is totally different. Just being there and being in the energy, um, you know, the way you live your life is much different than you lived your life last year, you know? And even, you know, absolutely. And that's like, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you know, you go ahead, bro. No, I just wanted to like make that transition to, yeah, everybody's life is, you know, different a year later and it has caused probably a lot of people to try and find different ways of making money you know um in order to i was i was talking to my roommate tony he's like yo how do we become millionaires man how do we become millionaires and i was just like i guess what rich people do is diversify their portfolio and that has more than likely led to us you know a surplus or an exponential growth of people using like stock apps like Robinhood or people trying to get into their things like Forex. Um, and that I think is as a result of, or even like only fans, like that's not trading, but that was a commodity that people are using to try and make money, um, whether it be or Etsy or what's that other one where you could pay people to do things on, um, can't think Twitch, of it at, at the moment. Uh, Discord, not to, uh, streaming, not to like... Discord um what else it's like you could commission someone it was like making fish plates 
like if you if you have art and then you want to sell it or you want to commission somebody to oh you have an audio engineer you've gone on this website oh like fiverr that, that fiverr there you go fiverr yeah. even though i existed for a while but i bet you exponentially people were going to that to try and make extra money and that's what sucks uh, like piggyback what we we're saying before like in this country you have to have multiple streams of income to live comfortably they i don't think money buys happiness but if you have if you're making fifty thousand dollars a year and you're just getting by living paycheck to paycheck but then if you have a hundred thousand dollars a year you might you're more than likely going to be happier or more comfortable because you're able to like pay off your bills and be good and save money but i don't think like a hundred thousand there is necessarily more happy than a millionaire they could be more equal than a fifty thousand so i do money money does buy comfortability um yeah i was gonna and definitely that's gonna what that. <laughs> i was thinking that like at this moment a lot of people aren't even truly living their life they're just trying to survive yeah trying to make sure that their bills are paid and it isn't until you skip that and you are comfortable and you're not stressing where the money's coming from and your bills are paying your kids are good that's when you can finally actually start living unfortunately no um, no truth be told i think you know it kicked in survival mode came kicked in for a lot of people right i think our unemployment rate was the highest it's ever been because of mm -hmm. covid uh so many industries shut down uh businesses are no longer open you know jobs are lost opportunities were lost and you know with that being said people had to go and find that way of survival right there were unemployment took forever to get through it was like i i personally experienced it right I, I got furloughed from my job and just getting through the unemployment and hearing that my unemployment went through and it worked and i was getting like consistent checks and then hearing that some of my colleagues they didn't even get checks until they got back to work because they were waiting for everything to go through and then the government just sent them one lump sum for all the months that they didn't get paid it's like imagine all those months that you just didn't have money to pay your bills and that's where we're still at now you know when you we hear Donald Trump and thank God that the best thing out of 2020 that happened is that Trump is out. Um, Absolutely. When you hear him talking about, you know, what people deserve and you hear Mitch McConnell blocking it and politicians blocking it, you know, they're getting salaried, you know, hundreds, hundreds of thousand dollars a year to make decisions on behalf of the country and the country struggling. Right. But they're doing good. Right. They were quarantined in a lavish right. mansion, you know, getting food deliveries and, you know, and very protected. And, you know, they were well taken care of while the regular working class was struggling. Um, and I think that survival mode made everyone depend on themselves more and they needed to stand up and stand out. And I'm very proud of the growth that came out of 2020 for a lot of people. I'm, I'm particularly proud of the growth that it came out of for myself. Um, I think that it showed our resilience. We were able to uh, adapt to change and accept those changes and really come out of it stronger than we ever did before. And, um, you know, as we look towards the rest of 2021 and set expectations, you know, I, I think my mindset going into this new year was I wasn't going and setting goals. And I think that's something that I did different than years past. Um, I was always the goal setter. I had New Year's resolutions up the wazoo. And this year I realized that my New Year's resolution or the goal or the mindset that I walked into was I just want to focus on living. I want to focus on being present 
um, in my life, whether that's in work, with my family, with my friends, um, being more present. And instead of focusing on goals or unattainable goals that might not happen because we have no way of controlling the variables that as they change, right? We people probably plan 2020 the year before expecting this growth, that growth, all that to happen, you know, and then things flopped, right? Look at Quibi. Quibi had a big <laughs> drop at the beginning of the year and six months later biggest, you know nobody wanted to use quibi because man. their whole company premise was presented on being the mobile device short tv show mm-hmm. people were home they mm-hmm. were watching tv so they were looking for something more um so they were like, like oh this is for the train this is so you could watch on your commute to work like that's just specific what, marketing. what commute from the What's bedroom to the living room Biggest flop, biggest flop. And they had, just shows the privilege of being able to uh, fund billions of dollars for a company and then just make it die like six months after. No. Maybe it wasn't not, you know, any of their fault. I do think a little bit, you know, just there's so many streaming services. It's tough to even Peacock now has to use Office as their marketing push, like, all episodes of The Office here on Peacock, you know, just to be able to sell that. If not, nobody's going to get that. Because everything you know? launched, right? You got HBO Max, you got Netflix, you got Disney Plus. I think that, you know, the days where everything landed on uh, Hulu and Netflix, every individual TV channel or broadcast provider is now providing their own individual service. And I think 2020 did provide a lot of that, right? Uh, People started doing things on their own because you can't trust big corporations. You know, you can't expect them to be there. We saw corporations fall. Bankruptcy really become prevalent in the everyday. And because of it, it's like, all right, you know what? We can't trust the fact that that we're going to go on this platform. We don't know if that platform is going to live, but we have enough money to create our own platform and own that. And maybe we can add things to make show some growth on our end. So as much as there was a lot of loss in 2021, I think there was a lot of gain. And, you know, you talk about privilege, right? And I think this could bring us to uh, our favorite our new favorite thing this season on mogul talk is our <laughs> segments um you know so this is the hype where we'll, we'll be talking about you know world news business and pop culture and if we're going to talk about this we got to talk about the iron man versus captain america battle for the <laughs> richest man in the world uh we're talking about <laughs> elon no it's not iron man versus captain america this is really iron man versus lex luther for the battle of the richest man in the world billionaires or batman batman's pretty rich batman yeah yeah. this Um, is crazy you know how how sad how sad and unfortunate must it be to be the second richest man on the world i'd be devastated i'd be hurt hurt i I would i wouldn't know what to do with myself shit top 10 if i'm not number one i I would i would be so no it's crazy out here the amount of money that you know exists in this world that my mom always says the money exists you just got to get it and this back and forth of bezos and elon musk is just it's crazy back in the day used to be like uh bill gates and warren buffett and carlos slim uh mexican dude and it's crazy how you would think that they no one was ever going to reach them and they're just two other people came out you know they surpassed it and someone else could come back come and surpass them but People are hypothesizing that Elon Musk and Bezos are going to be like the first trillionaires to ever exist, which is wild. Like, and you know, how does that even happen? 
yeah, how does that happen in the midst of a global pandemic? You see their money going up in a pandemic. I think there were very few people, you know, who came up in 2021. And it's crazy that these guys, uh, you know, in their mountain of privilege are continuing to gain billions of dollars like you know we were talking about this last season on mogul talk where jeff bezos's wife she was divorcing him and i think she was awarded a settlement of what like 90 million like 70 billion not 70 billion billion or something like that and it's still uh, yeah it's still scratched the surface of his net worth you know what i mean and he gained (laughs) that back and more in the pandemic because people were more using amazon two twofold over right um, but I think the biggest conversation that a lot of people were talking about last year with them being two of the richest men in the world is what are they doing for the, the truthfully, the people who are suffering in this country, right? Um, you know, if you look at Tesla and you look at Amazon, they're servicing on a global scale, um, globally, there are people really, really struggling, um, struggling bad. And I think, you know, People say, oh, you know, rich people, they give, you know, to charity and tax Mm write-offs and all these crazy things like, bro, but they also get, you know, money back because Trump, you know, only looked out for their... They don't, yeah, they don't pay nothing in taxes. And that's when you're really rich. You know, Jay-Z has a line. He says, "Um, my account is so good, I don't even pay tax. I I barely pay taxes. Um, That's when you're rich, rich level. Like, you get to that. Like, even when you're like millionaire, like 10 millionaire, um, you're not gonna, you're still probably gonna pay taxes. But those people, like those upper echelon, like they're paying zero, which is wild to me, like wild, 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 wild to me. Um, But what I was trying to say is, I'm not, I'm not trying to act like they didn't work hard, you know, to get their money. They obviously did, they obviously had, you know, Elon Musk had to create PayPal. And luckily that, uh, shot off and he was able to invest in himself to, um, you know, make Tesla him specifically, like I'll give it to him. Bezos too, whatever. He came up from the, he started his thing in his garage, came up, even Steve Jobs started his thing in his, in his garage. Um, so like, I don't want to like knock them for being so rich. Cause like, what are you going to do? Stop, like make the company disappear. Nah, that's not going to happen. But it's you, when you have all that power, you have to like, try and make it make the marketing the marketing of yourself as not like this megalodon overlord like when you look at mm-hmm. jeff bezos he has that famous video of him controlling the arms and looking like lex luther and he's like laughing with his evil laugh like he looks like he's a you know he's just a maniacal corporation he's like the typical sci-fi evil corporation who just takes over the whole city um and i feel like he could market himself to not be that dude um, Elon Musk kind of, you know, people, people don't really knock Elon Musk like that, even though he came out with like the Corona thing saying that it's whack, that it's not as crazy as it is. I disagree with him with that, but people love him on Twitter. People think he's cool because he posts memes and shit and stuff like that. They think he's um, cool because they created Iron Man based off of his life. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but there, I feel like there's still, and I don't got all the answers. There is still something, there's still more they can do to make sure that they are viewed as like an actual person who cares about humanity. And they, I'm sure they do. I'm sure uh, Bezos donates millions of dollars 
to multiple things. I mean, I'm sure. But of if it. you think about, but and if we talk about this, the allocation of money, and you know, I think that gives it gets into yeah, like oh yeah, the lobbyists, and you know, uh, you know, being a liberal versus conservative, whatever the case may be. But when you think about the the where the money goes. And we can call the government out for this too. Um, you know, that could probably foray into something else. But when they talk about we're giving millions of dollars to this, that, and a third, the um, average American that is putting money into the pockets of Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are regular everyday Americans who make anywhere between $24,000 and $75,000. I, I would say generally speaking, anybody who got a stimulus check for $1,200, you know, you are generally the main consumer that is reaching these levels. Yes. And that consumer, and I think that, hey, you know, people see that it's a, a service that is necessary, so they're going to spend the money. But why wouldn't you pour money back into those communities, into those people that help you make your money? Um, because, hey, you can donate to the St. Jude's Fund or you can donate to fight against homelessness and things like that. But it's not going to help the evolution of the company, the country, realistically speaking, because, right. hey, you know, where are, is that money going? You know, people write off checks so they can get tax write offs. Right. You write off a check, you, you know, you pay your tithes and offerings in church. You get a, a W-2 slip from church and say, hey, this is my tax write off for the year. And a lot of these, you know, billionaires and millionaires, they do the same thing. They get write offs. So it's like, hey, yeah, you may be giving money, but are you giving money in the right places? And don't get me wrong. Like, who am I? to say where you should put your money but looking right. at how badly people struggled in 2020 i would look to more of our upper echelon uh you know the wealthy to support us and you know in the whole mindset they were trying to protect the money that they already had all right You're trying to make sure i keep my millions i keep this and there's some woman and or or, or man out there that's worrying about where their next meal is coming from how they're going to pay their rent you know how are they going to provide for their kids and that's a world crisis that needs attention not the endless battle between jeff bezos and elon musk you know the fight yeah. for the world's richest man like who cares about the world's richest man in 2021 when the world is literally crumbling around us Nah, beautifully said. And the key word I think you used was allocation. The they yeah, they're doing fine. They might be donating money, but there's still that food desert in Harlem or that food desert in the hood of the Bronx where like people aren't really gonna leave their block and get healthy foods. You know, three um, blacks died three times more than whites when it came to coronavirus because of the medical deserts that exist in those communities. Hispanics died two and a half times more than whites because more than like they're more than likely to be poor and living in those communities that have those medical deserts and food deserts. Um, you know, even with the vaccine, you're going to see that the allocation of the vaccine. Now, I know there is also like, um, you know, skepticism, especially in the black community, um, you know, because of the Tuskegee experiments and things like that. But even them, even without that skepticism, I bet you that the distribution would have been would be less in those poor communities, um, whether it be black, brown, um, Hispanic, or whatever minorities live in that area. And so that is real. That is real. And how come you are okay with allocating 
you know, trillions and billions of dollars to give a tax refund for the rich instead of raising their taxes to hopefully, you know, deter and fix these communities that need it the most, you know, go drive, drive into Baltimore. You'll have to go on the sidewalk to avoid a pothole. Like it's you, you, when you go to areas like this, you'll see clearly that the allocation of funds in America are whacked out, you know, it's a tale of two cities. Yeah. Um, and I think that was beautifully said. I think that was beautifully said. Like, I mean, who's, we who's focus so much that? on those people. Lobbyists, like you said, I and think, the you know, government, bro. The, and oh the, hell yeah! The, the, I feel like the lobbyists and the government work. Obviously, you know we we know that they work hand in hand because the lobbyists are, are appealing to the senators and trying to get them to. But it's the government's fault for being. It's the government's fault for being accepting the lobbyists and allowing them to put money in their hands to go with what they want. You know, whatever yeah. corporations it may be. You know, you could let's say there are lobbyists, but if you are a senator or whatever it is, a lawmaker, you should just not be convinced by cash because you should be for the people, mm-hmm. which is that's clearly what you were voting they're not. For. That's what that's why we vote for you to represent us, and you're not. Um, and then that's when democracy they just want to come into play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's not. We don't. Unfortunately, we don't really live in a, in a democracy. I think we live in an oligarchy where rich people uh, at the top make the decisions. Yeah, we vote, but they're still kind of making decisions. Like it took eight months for them to deliver another coronavirus package in the midst of the pandemic for what well, we pay them. You know, they took a recess when people were uh, about to get evicted because of moratoriums were expiring. And so the, the rich, they don't care, man. They don't act like they're one of us. I like to think that before, you know, and now we have people like AOC, you know, we have uh, Ilhan Omar, who I, I like to think that they were, AOC specifically, I don't know Ilhan's background, but AOC was at the bottom. She was a bartender, which, you know, people like that is what makes young people uh, actually have faith. You know, we'd like to think that she will represent as well. And I, and I see that. I voted for her. Um, I do believe that she's going to push, you know, hopefully Biden uh, to and that whole progressive movement to, you know, legalize marijuana, raise the federal minimum wage to $15, which it's currently seven twenty-five. you know. And think about that. How you have many one years? Job. Yeah. Yo, and so like I said, I have to. I need two jobs. I need two jobs to be able to afford to comfortably, you know, pay my rent, pay my car bill, and I'm getting paid more than seven twenty five from both jobs. Imagine if you just had to seven, getting paid seven twenty five. How is that even possible? Like, mm-hmm. how do you expect anyone to? And it'd be the same people who'd be like. Just work hard and tie yourself by the bootstraps and, you know, make sure and don't complain about it. Because if you're complaining, like you're just not working hard enough. It'd be the same people who be like, the Democrats want you to have $15 minimum wage and they want you to have Medicare. Like what? They want you to to live. They They want you to have an uh, equitable wage. They want you (laughs) to have health insurance. They want you to be able that if you are sick with coronavirus, that somebody's able to take care of you because why is our lives determined by the value of our health care insurance? And, you know, that's going to be the next crippling thing. Like the amount of people who are going to have these hospital bills, unless there's a bill that's passed that says nobody has to pay, which is possible, you know, now that we have democratically run which i want to say like i don't put my faith all my faith in democrats like that because i believe they fumbled the bag too um but now i do believe they will not 
deny the virus like Donald Trump used to do and say, I, I, I don't think they'll think it's say it's a hoax, like they'll actually follow science. So that is good. But, you know, they still may not help the people who are going to have the uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills because of Corona, where they because they were on a ventilator for six months straight, made it yeah. out, but now they got the bills and that's going to be crippling yeah, as well. And that could definitely. cripple the economy. And a lot of people are still, you know, recovering from those jobs. You know, I think this is a perfect, you know, you think of those people who make those decisions and say, hey, you know what, like you can do this. 725 is perfectly fine. 725 only works in like the middle of nowhere, you know, United States. 725 in New York, you could barely get like a quarter tank of gas in 725 in New York <laughs> right now. Um, you know, you think about those people and those are the same people that stormed the Capitol um, really fighting for uh well i can't even put words to understand what the hell they thought it was going through their mind when they were storming the capital you know thinking about just imagine i'm not one for the forefathers i don't respect you know the foundation of america but i do respect the history and i and i understand you know you know that the values of what we as americans preach right and we preach freedom of speech and, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness and that all men are created equal. But the mindset that our former president, because by the time you listen to this, our new president, Joe Biden, will be sworn in. Um, I really think about the fact that, you know, they felt so empowered by their belief system of what America is um that they went and stormed the capital and for me a person of color a person that is pro-black that will prefer to sing lift every voice and sing than to sing the american anthem at this point in my life um i can truly say that in all honesty what's good with these people bro <laughs> like what's really good with them like you really thought and then you know to see on social media um and uh, how it played out, you know, people were g walking around with no mask. And I said, you know, you guys have to be one of the biggest group of idiots to just walk around with no mask. <laughs> you know, you just want to be found like the FBI doesn't have technology for facial recognition and they wouldn't find you and you wouldn't be put on a no fly list. And you wonder why, hey, why am I not able to fly? I'm just going, you know, like we know what you did. Like that's treason. And I and I hope with this new administration that we're going to see some type of justice, because if they were black, um, we would not see they wouldn't even saw the light of day right we'd be mourning the funerals and losses of all the lives that were lost at the capitol that day um the same amount of black people that were fighting for those racial injustices over six months before now we have the other side of the fence fighting for trump to be president again uh 78 year old man who let's be honest and i don't like to wish death on anybody who knows if he's going to be alive to see the next four years of his presidency because i know many americans didn't expect him to live to see the rest of his first term as president and now he's trying to uh but go for a second run in 2024 right nah yeah um first things first like the hit the the people who supported or like ran to okay first of all you could see the amount of privilege it is when they truly think that they can run into the capital nothing is going to happen to them you know um they, it, it isn't the first time that a capital was run this year in i think it was june or july uh in minnesota the capital was stormed as well you know and there was death threats against the governor of minnesota 
Um, and they were like, we're here to free the state, free the state, you know, free the state and pulled up in their guns and nothing happened to any of those people. So even that already happened and there was no thought that this could happen. Um, the negligence is quite uncanny, um, but it truly, I think, is due to the fact that it was, you know, a lot of it, it was an inside job. Like there were Capitol police officers um, who were in on it, you know, taking selfies with the people. They were okay with them being able to rush through. That's one thing. Um, the hypocrisy, you know, again, we talk about living in a tale of two cities. If they were people of color, absolutely, they would have been tackled at first. There is a when there was the Black Lives Matter protest, Trump himself used the SWAT team, you know, tear gassed everybody to, to walk through across the street to the church and to do just do a photo op of the Bible that he held upside down. Like he was ready for when it came to that. You know, what happened when the looting starts, the shooting starts, but you know, Nancy Pelosi's laptop got, got stolen, the podium got stolen. Um, flags were put down and replaced with the Confederate flag. That literally is a symbol of treason, you know, symbol of seceding from the country, symbol of like, uh, we don't want America anymore. We want this, we want this representation. And you know, these, the people, unfortunately, like I'm sure there was like some backing from like rich right-wing people, but most of the people definitely were poor, uneducated white people. Um, and those are kind mm -hmm. of the people that Trump, Trump doesn't like at all. He, his uh, dream is to be with the higher ups from Wall Street, you know, these global titans that, you know, uh, rule things and are, uh, are movers in the, in the industry of the world, whatever it may be. But, you know, those people laugh at him because he's not on that level. You know, he, he's filed bankruptcy multiple times. You know, he just got a four, he, he inherited $400 million from his father, you know, like, and then was it was not able to turn around because most of his shit has failed. Like the only thing he has that is was good was Celebrity Apprentice, um, and maybe the the pageant. But Trump stakes, Trump vodka, Trump airlines, Trump university. Um, hit, uh, I guess his golf courses are fine. Oh, and him licensing his name on buildings that was I guess profitable. But that's gonna mm -hmm. sink too. Um, and, and, so, and we saw that was, uh, all of all of that felt like all the companies um, in the aftermath of the uh, capital storming, um, a lot of companies and organizations and schools that were tethered or have represented Trump at some point in time uh, back out, you know, companies backed out of partnerships, uh, schools who gave up honorary degrees, um, took their honorary yes. degrees back. Like how you take a degree that's not even technically a degree back from somebody <laughs> like you really must have messed up, my dude. They took they took Bill Cosby's also. <laughs> oh man, Bill Cosby, that one still hurts. I'm surprised. Me. I'm surprised. Uh, Kanye has one from the Chicago like Art Institute. I'm surprised they didn't take his away. Um, I mean, but I guess Kanye. he's still holding strong. Um, no, it, it, <laughs> and it so is. what I was trying to say is just that like those are the people that Trump tries to stay away, and it's kind of ironic that now those are his true supporters. Like, but he really after the whole riots, you know, he did say like, oh. Um, we love you. You're doing a great job. Like it's time to go home, but you're, you're great. We love you. It was later turned out that he didn't like that insurrection because he felt it was low class. You know, he didn't like that. And so how do those people feel that, uh, you know, he, he would have been happy if it worked, you know, if it worked and they did get the vote to stop and they hung Mike Pence, which would have been crazy. You know, they, that's the other thing. Like they were there to kill people. They were there to you know, cause a coup 
and maybe they weren't organized enough. I don't know what it was, but they damage could have been done and a coup could have happened. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty scary. So uh, it's just ironic that the very people that Trump was, is truly trying to get away from are going to just be his support at the end. That'll be the downfall right after tomorrow's inauguration and Trump is no longer president. And maybe eventually he gets impeached by the Senate because McConnell does agree that uh, Trump, especially now that Trump went against, uh, or like McConnell didn't really want to back him when it came with the election fraud. Trump doesn't doesn't mess with McConnell anymore. And so he burned that bridge and now McConnell is going to go back at him. And so they might impe- end up impeaching him, um, which would be crazy. Um, not Not soon, but later on anyway. Uh, it's going to be the downfall of Trump. Like he's going to have the lawsuits finally uh, come to him because he doesn't have the power of the presidency to furlough those. He's going to, um, all the Deutsche Bank, which is where he has like, I think $40 million of loans has said he's no longer, they're no longer going to have business with him. And so he won't be able to pull out any more loans. He'll probably have to pay those back, but any further business they're not having, um, the, all the losses are just going to pile up on him. And I, I do agree with you that he might not see the, the four years. He might not because there's so much stress that's going to be he's going to be going through. No, most definitely. Uh, I think, you know, as we look to 2021 through the rest of 2021, I think that, you know, uh, Joe Biden has a lot of expectations around you know what his first hundred days are going to look like and what his presidency is going to look like and you know i'm very curious to see he's definitely making steps in the right direction um i think his choices in uh cabinet and you know elected officials and you know the the team of advisors that he has around him um i think it's a very diverse group and i think it's a group that is representative of today's america and i think that it's a beacon of hope in a time where we're very hopeless, right? You know, 2020 has prepared us for possibly anything that happens, right? I think that when we even saw, you know, the insurrection happening, it was like, okay, yep, here we go. 2020 is continuing, right? Part two, <laughs> round two. Um, you know, 2021. Th- 2021, part. <laughs> it's a new new day, right? Um, I think we were prepared and we were just, okay, it's, it's just another thing. But, you know, I think mindset-wise, um, amidst everything that goes on with the government and in a world that you got to keep living and kind of keep living beyond what the, the hype or the craziness was, I think uh, people moved past that hysteria when it came to 2021. It's like, all right, like coronavirus this situation that situation we just got to keep going and i think that that's where we are right now um but as we look forward these are some trends that you know to watch that are going on um that i i want us to touch on before we head out so um clubhouse clubhouse has been going off you know um if you're not familiar yeah not familiar with clubhouse clubhouse is a new social platform in its beta stage um it's presented on um connecting people you know uh, networking um create forging new relationships um in the social space but not using pictures or video but only using voices and um i was one of very i think it was like 1500 users to start uh when clubhouse first started um it is invite only because it is in the beta stages and clubhouse has emerged 
to be a crazy platform, okay? I think there was a <laughs> musical maybe a week or two ago. There was, like, Lion King the musical they were doing on Clubhouse. Like, imagine somebody's just sitting here for, like, two hours listening to a musical through their cell phone. Like, um, audio now, call- <laughs> what was was Clubhouse bought by Twitter or was it made by Twitter? No, Clubhouse is or separate like... from Twitter. Um, you know how these other social platforms do, which is probably something we'll talk about in our future episodes. But, you know, um, they try to monopolize the social space, right? Facebook, you know, they own WhatsApp, they own Instagram. And then Instagram is doing what TikTok does. It does. It took yeah. what um, Snapchat was doing. So there's like a superpower in terms of a social platform. And that's what Twitter was doing, right? Uh, they took that idea of the audio rooms and then brought it to their space. Um, and I don't think it's found the same level of success. I know a lot more people are still more in, inclined to go to um, Clubhouse, but just as a platform, it's definitely a good platform. I know people who have gotten jobs on there. I know people who have found dates on there. Um, just forging new connections, and it's not just a professional space. That's what it was primarily. Um, but even as recent as, um, there was a competition to win 500 bucks for fellas to go in there and show the ladies how you moan. And who put that on? I don't know who put it on, but it was like a crazy room. <laughs> very, I think very it was creative. Like, I think it was like 5,000 people in a room. And mind you, like the application is still in beta stages. So I think there's only 10,000 users right now to date. But um, I would definitely say, you know, check out Clubhouse if you don't. You don't got the juice enough to get an invite. I think they're opening up, uh, you know, <laughs> this space for. It also seems. Get... It also seems like a lot of rappers have been on it, and a lot of like the the ones that are like are popping off, like that I see on, um, like on Bossip or whatever. You know, people going at each other. Twenty One Savage, Meek Mill, DJ Academics, um, and it also seems you know actually my uh, my cousin. Um, Julito McCollum, who actually he was on the wire, he held auditions on Clubhouse um, for a, a movie he wrote, and he put it on his Instagram and his Twitter, and he was like, "Yo, on Clubhouse, we're gonna have auditions," um, and he like sent people the link or whatever. However, he did it, um, and he's like, "Thank you for coming." And people did; they submitted, um, yeah, and we it, was able it's... to actually get people. And so, uh, June Brown, you know, to piggyback up on her again, she I she wrote a Twitter like on Twitter um, that Clubhouse has to uh, give the bag like to creatives because Clubhouse seems like it's going to be that next thing that takes off. Um, it's just a different and atmosphere. Because and, you know, it's black and brown creatives um, that have really Absolutely. made it to be the space that it is. Absolutely not. And she's right. She's right. Um, and all these companies have, you know, these budgets where they can give the bag and that'll make their things look even better uh you know like whether it be like same thing when it comes to twitch or same thing when it comes to youtube when you partner with someone you could be you could exponentially make that product better so we'll see we'll see where it comes um and who knows what it'll transform to i'm sure eventually they're gonna add video um because watch like it's i, I bet you 100 dollars instagram is gonna take that idea um and because you know facebook i mean mark zuckerberg his model always says like don't forget don't be afraid to copy um, and we've seen them time and time again do it when it comes to IG stories, um, when it comes to... I mean, he Facebook else? is based off of him Vine. copying somebody else's idea and being sued yeah. for it, you know? So I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. 
when Vine came out, that's when they allowed video to be on Instagram, you know, and they're like, oh, it's not going to be six seconds. It's going to be 30 seconds. Um, when Snapchat came out, the story, you know, things like that. And so TikTok yeah, I reels, you, I could bet you a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yo, TikTok reels. You just got to find a way to stay relevant. That, and it, I guess it works, you know, like I think for, for me, for young people, I think Facebook is kind of trash. Like I deactivated my Facebook, still have IG. So that's still technically Facebook. But, you know, in order for it to remain relevant, like they, they have to, um, and, uh, or like it's working for them. Like, so they're going to keep copying and whatever comes next, like they're going to copy that too. Even like to, to, uh, go against, um, YouTube, they created IGTV, um, having the vertical, uh, viewership, but then, you know, people just add it high, horizontal as well. Um, but nah, now they do is copy. No, it it really is, you know. Uh, I think my word of encouragement for this year is do your own thing. Uh, stop copying other people. You know, you'll find your own way <laughs> in your own space. Um, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been episode 401. Oh, man, it feels so great to be back. Very good dialogue. Uh, you know, I, I, this is this is it, you know. We're, we're back for no, the absolutely. culture. Uh, I dig this new way that we did it, at least with this application. Sorry, guys, for my messed up hairline and my graduation uh, background. Yo, but, you know, the graduation background. <laughs> High school class I photo. The, I just need the, you know, whatever uh, whatever pose it is. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> nah, we got, we got a bunch of guests, you know, coming up for you. Uh, we should have one soon. And, you know, just I hope you stay with us and we'll make things better. And we're gonna have actually structure and things like that. So y'all know the vibes. We're growing up. We we the we the old heads now. So we got to get it together. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, you know, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Um, you know, I'm your boy King Jules. You can find me at I am King Jules. Uh, I go by the name of Church, and you can find me at No Church in the City. And this has been another episode of Mogul Talk. Thank you guys. Peace. Follow us on Instagram at Mogul Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Mogul Talk Pod. Be sure to find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, or Stitcher. Look us up in your search tab by typing in Mogul Talk. Thanks to our friends over at Anchor.fm, we're not able to accept listener support. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, head to our website at anchor.fm slash mogultalkpodcast and hit the Become a Supporter tab. From there, you can support the podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes as low as a dollar per month. We thank you and appreciate you in advance. Until next time, stay focused, stay motivated, and stay woke.